smells dope. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Phil Matz. I am your director of fun and games for the evening. A dozen games, fam. We did it. We're we're so close. We have we got to make it till April 29th. It will be the happiest day of my life uh, when this season <laughs> ends. The season that ah uh, yes, the sweet release of death. <laughs> the season just it keeps on going. It's it's the song that never ends, but loss after loss after loss. Uh, but there's still plenty of talk to talk about in Flyers land because they refuse to ever be boring. Uh, so let's get right into it. Let's start it off with intros. How about Stephalicious D. Steph Driver? Oh. Yeah, so thanks for holding down everything while I was gone last week. I appreciated that at the break, Dad Charlie had left and Kelly and Bill just... Went like off the rails a little bit, well, but in a really I, fun keep way. Saying that. That I don't even remember what we talked about. I think it was fun. You talked about the lottery, and I <laughs> cannot really stop funny. thinking about it. <laughs> I cannot stop really thinking funny. about if if we were giving out free money, of course, rich people would be taking advantage of that. <laughs> yeah. Like I can't stop thinking about it. It's it's ridiculous to think the lottery is real. Like it's it's actually I, insane. I didn't know that this was a conspiracy theory that I believed in until Bill Matz made me believe in it. <laughs> so that's where we're at. Um, I need to go back and listen to the second half of the show. With my, what was I that? Said I need to go back and listen to the second half of that show because I, I, I never it listened. It was fun. Well, that's a mistake. <laughs> Our show is really good. I don't, I don't know if you guys know that, I, but a bunch of people listen and tell listen us to myself. Like so that, I've so. been told. Um, anyone that's been following along with like my, my family medical stuff and and everything that's been going on in the shit storm that's been this year for my family little baby teddy had his heart surgery it was successful and he is doing fucking amazing he's been home he came home four days earlier than they expected him to he's had all of his follow-up appointments baby boy's doing great yay teddy well, that's awesome. And hear, also, what what other? I've had a lot to say because I haven't been here. Um, I don't remember, but I'm sure that I will continue to, to jump I'm in sure and hit up. you guys with all of my many thoughts. <laughs> Until then, let's hear from the Athletic.com's own Charlie O'Connor. Hey, gang, I'm back. Um, hey. Last week I said I thought I had a sinus infection. <laughs> No, I didn't. I had COVID, so that was fun. Um, oh, but anyway, I am. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> but I'm back, and I'm I can got him. So that's great. So sorry, sorry for that. Uh, that poor. Thinks he knows everything. Guess your yeah, numbers right? didn't tell you that one. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the test eventually did later that night. Uh, but anyway, um, I'm gonna instead of doing a hot take, I'm gonna ask a question to everyone. Oh. Little little flyers trivia. No, and no cheating. I would never cheat, Charles. Okay, Kelly. I would, yes. but I'm not doing it. I put my phone down. Okay. There are two players on the Flyers this year that have played in every single game. Oh, they have suffered through every single game of this dumpster fire of a season. Who are those two players? 
Konechny and Sandheim. Sandheim. Travis Sandheim. Sandheim. Sandheim yeah. has missed two. Oh. Mm. Oh. Okay. 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 Uh, I think Proverov? Proverov had COVID. He, was, he had Fuck, COVID. He, got, he did get COVID. Oh, he did have the Rona. Yeah. Risto missed um, at least one. Right? Would have been Keith Yandel, wouldn't it have? <laughs> would have been wouldn't Keith Yandel. Yep. <laughs> we'll get to that. Let's see. JVR? JVR is indeed one. Ooh, nailed it. Jesus. Who else? I'm trying to remember who the fuck is on this team. Cam Atkinson? Team. Steph got them both. Oh, driver. JVR and Cam Atkinson, the only two players in the team that have played in all 70 games. It's great. The two, the, goal scorers, the two goal scorers have been here for every game, and yet they cannot score goals. Can't do it. Bill, I'm, I'm – well, I mean, Atkinson can. I'm yeah. honestly I mean, the team that, as a whole. I, I'm impressed that Bill didn't do, like, a JVR dig of, like, well, he played in 70 games, but, like, did he really – it's just like it's like what? What am I gonna beat a dead horse? Like it's, <laughs> we have twelve, we have twelve more games of JVR, and then we don't have to worry about him ever again. That's what you Allegedly. think, buddy. Wait until he comes back and scores all of his season's goals against the Flyers. There is zero. Oh, fine. He can do. He can do it for the Arizona Coyotes in front of three thousand people. All he wants next year. Tremendous. He has zero percent chance of coming back. That's why only two guys. Man, that's yeah, that's the kind of year it's been. Yep. As an aside, I know we haven't introduced Kelly yet, but how cool would it be to watch the Flyers play Arizona in a three thousand person? So we cool. Go do that. We should go do that. I don't. I, I feel mean, like it's going to be an impossible ticket to get. We could watch. Are they playing the Coyotes in Philly at some point for the rest of this season? We could watch it in front of with three thousand people. It's a really good point. You make a fair point. Go to the last game against the Senators. I'm yeah. thinking maybe three. It'll maybe be just three. like that. They might even suit you up. Oh my god! A Friday night last game of the season against Ottawa. There's going to be eleven, eleven D, eleven D people. Eleven D people there. <laughs> They, they really it's a friday night like you know how they do yeah. the whole uh xfinity live like every goal you get like 50 cents off the beer they yeah. should just like beer should just be free yeah. it's a friday yeah. night just let everyone that goes in that arena just get obliterated to deal with this season oh yeah that won't end in tragedy <laughs> it will be a disaster but there, there definitely there definitely won't be people jumping over the boards into the bench but it won't be like the drunk guy trying to fight ty domi it'll be someone trying to fight jvr like, <laughs> last but certainly not least the fly by herself kelly hinkle speaking of going to games i told myself on last saturday against the leafs i was like you know what i'm gonna do I'm going to go to all the remaining games. That'll be fun. Tickets are practically free. <laughs> this will be a great time. You're I did not, not last one single day. Yesterday, I was like, ah, it's going to rain. Like, that was all it took. I was like, oh, it's going to rain. No, I'm not going. I'm not going. Keith Handel and Claude Giroux couldn't do it. You think you were going to? I really thought I was going to do it. Rain is a more powerful force than the Philadelphia Flyers. one game and a little bit of rain. Meanwhile, it wasn't even raining when the game started. But any anywho, I'm I'm a bit disappointed in myself because I was really gonna do it. But I but, just uh, I can't imagine. You can take it back up again. There's no reason to not might, go to the rest. Uh, I might go Saturday. We'll see. <laughs> if I if I were up there, I would definitely be going with you. I love a cheap hockey ticket. I'm I I was saying the other day, uh, to the person I went to the game with on Saturday that I have never had, like, an all-the-way 100% bad time at a hockey game. No. no. Like, even game six, I didn't have a totally bad time. It was, like, real bad at the end, but 
you know, up until that point, I was having a lot of fun. Like, I've never had a 100% bad time. So if I can get a flyer ticket for, like, 50 bucks, well, all right, I'll go. I'm going to have fun. Oh, totally. Yeah. And, like, you can get cheaper than just walk down <clears throat> to the lower bowl. True. true. I hear the true, seat true. police are out in full force at this point. Oh, are cracking they? cracking heads, yeah. I just have, like, a thing. Like, if I – if, like, an upper-level seat is $48 and then, like, a club box is 60 the bitch is going to a club box. They have a private oh, bathroom. Oh, God, yeah. Like, it's, it's not – yeah, so, uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Anywho. Way to go, Kelly. Uh, the flyers. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes you have to give props to your mortal enemy. Uh, it's like that worst person you know just made a great point meme. Um, I just saw right before we started recording that Ottawa, the Ottawa Senators – my, uh, just, I hate them so much. They have played 69 games, nice. and they have a 420 points percentage. Oh, my God. Way to go, boys. Uh, also, That's they have a game cool. in hand on the Flyers and are three points up on them. So, like, I'm finding myself in a very weird spot where I'm actually rooting for the Senators because losses are wins. And so if the Flyers can stay below them right now, they're fifth from the bottom in the league. Finishing in the bottom five, they can draft no worse than seventh. Like, you know, it's a it's a whole reverse, you know, bizarro world thing. But way to go, Ottawa. 69 games, 420 points percentage. Um, speaking of my enemies. Stunning. Speaking of my enemies, uh, future Flyers head coach Keith Yandel. After, nine, <laughs> after, after 989 consecutive games played in the NHL, was scratched by the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, Chaos ensued. The takes were strong. <laughs> the takes were strong. <laughs> oh, man. To, to think, like, a team in the bottom five scratching maybe the worst player in the league and, like, argue with me that it's not true. Come up with a list of three guys worse. I dare you. Um, right. <laughs> it, it was just absolute freaking insanity. But, you know, we're, we're close to the thing, and we have no loyalty to Keith Yandel. He's been here for this season. You know, he played what, 67, 68 games for this team, something like that. Uh, most of them were abject disasters. The guy's going to finish, like, minus 50 this year, playing, like, 12 minutes a night at even strength tops. It's actually impressive what he's doing in terms of <laughs> goals allowed when he's on the ice. But, like, uh, for me, I was happy the streak ended. I thought it was charity for him to even get the record. Definitely not to be scratched the night after he said it. Um, zooming out. Did the Flyers, like, fuck this up? Should he have yes! at least been allowed to get to 1,000? Yes. Like, yes. Why? And I know Charlie's going to yell at me, but here's the thing. Is Keith Yandel fucking terrible? Absolutely. But Keith Yandel has been fucking terrible this entire season. And if you didn't scratch him back in, like, December when there was, like, a small glimmer of hope that perhaps they could turn the season around, what, like, what are you doing? And and then you put him in two games later. Like, what? Come on. Like, just just let the guy get his stupid fucking streak. Is the streak charity? Yes. But I feel like the Iron Man streak inherently at this point is a little bit of a shit show. The Kessel thing was a bunch of bullshit. Like, the one shift skating and then leaving to go watch the kid. Like, he, he missed that game. Like, come on. It, yeah, it's like, stupid top to bottom. But it's it's happened in other sports. We've seen it. Um well, Cal Ripken would play one inning to get his, his start yeah. in and then get pulled. I believe it's, something like that happened with Brett Favre at one point. Uh, it's a it's stupid just, streak. 
it's meaningless. However, the Flyers are either very, very stupid or don't give a shit about the fact that they had to know that the entire hockey universe was going to look at this decision and be like, you guys are fucking assholes. But I Your games it. are meaningless. Exactly. They're not meaningless. The games, the results of the games are meaningless. Those 12 to 14 minutes, I mean 10 most of the time that he plays, those are wasted on him. It's a waste of time. Uh, like, it, it points out the abject, uh, like, just Nick hypocrisy Steeler. of... It points out the hypocrisy of everybody in hockey. This is the try-hard league. Everyone out there has earned their time. Keith Yandel is fucking terrible and does not belong out there. They had a different guy to play. They were going to play someone else. They did. He didn't earn the time. He got his streak. It lasted longer than it ever should have. The only reason he reached the streak is because he had a streak going. There was nothing else propping it up except the streak itself. So yeah. it's all fraudulent to me. The yeah. fact that it lasted this long is a joke. Like, why Agreed. does he get to stay in the lineup? Does that mean someone has to sign him this offseason? Like, if yeah. he doesn't retire, it's, it, oh, well, it's disrespectful well, if no one signs th that's, him. Yeah, no that, one that, would have signed him this well, season, which I, is another reason why maybe you should just let the guy get to 1,000 because who gives a shit? It would have been one thing if they had to remove him in order to put one of the kids in. They didn't need to remove him to put Ronnie Adderton. They kept Nick Sealer in under the guise of we're getting a look at Nick Sealer. Like the fuck? What are we Nick looking Sealer, at Nick Sealer for? Nick Sealer, I believe it was the previous game, gotten one of the all-time great Brandon Manning fights to secure his spot in the lineup. Who was it that said that that's the reason that he well, that, that, okay, that, that was streak ended? That was a Friedman theory. Okay. It was not something you heard from the Flyers. It was Friedman talked to another NHL coach. That's where I saw it, yeah. Who okay. said that that was his theory as to why they kept Sealer in, was because you couldn't pull him after he fights Nick Delorier, who's way bigger than him and has this great fight, and they would have sent the wrong message. And Agreed. this is, it just, all it shows is, like, there's so many, that's one of the reasons why, like, this whole hockey culture thing, like. like Everything is stupid. It's just, it, it's so. <laughs> I'm not going to go so far as to say it's dumb, but I am going to go far enough. It is. I, I it's am, dumb. I am going to go far enough to say that, like, it doesn't actually have any sort of consistency. No. Because, like, now you have, like, like, well, it was bad that, you know, it was a bad thing. It was a bad hockey culture thing to pull Keith Yandel out of the lineup because he's such a good dude and he's such a good team guy. But then, also... It was a good thing to pull him out of the lineup because you couldn't pull Nick Sealer out of the lineup because he fought some guy, and that's big for hockey culture. Like, it's just, like, so much of, of this hockey culture thing is, like, us coming up with reasons after the fact. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's just— why they do dumb shit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, like how, can, zero how, can they, how can it both be hockey culture? Like, maybe because it's all subjective bullshit. Maybe, and let me just throw this out there, it's because— it's a culture that revolves around um, Canadian rednecks bare-knuckle punching each other in the face. And so, like, the thought process, not necessarily all that strong. They're all big dumb. That's So that's my sure. thing— Oh, I was going to say it's a culture built around toxic masculinity, which is essentially what you said. Just without um, those words. I love toxic masculinity. Without those masculinity. words. Oh, sorry. All right, so let me talk about Keith Yandel. 
Are you ready? Yes. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about his Iron Man streak. I don't give a shit about him as a player. I don't give a shit about what Chuck Fletcher does or does not do to him. I do not give a shit. Not one single shit. He's a human being. Yeah, I get that. I like Keith Yandel as a human being. As a hockey player, I, I don't give one single shit. So my, my, my thing that like really did annoy me about all of this was this newfound obsession with the thousand game mark. Yeah. That really, really pissed me off. Only because it was because right, I, it's right be, there. No, it's really freaking dumb. Because all you heard for the entire first half of the year was well, you can't pull him out of the lineup because of the streak. And it was like, okay, fine. You can't you can't pull him out because he's gotta break the record. Fine. I get that. Then he breaks the record, and suddenly you just move the goalpost back. So, well, now you can't bench him because he's got to get to 1,000 games. And well, then when you let him do that, then it's going to be, well, somebody's got to sign him because he's got to stay ahead of Phil Kessel because Phil Kessel keeps playing. Like, no, you know what? At some point, and I like Keith Yandel. I do. But this discourse was batshit insane. If Keith Yandel doesn't deserve to be in the lineup, then he's not in the lineup. To be it's fair. It's to be fair, it's I said all along simple. that he wasn't going to get scratched after he broke the record. I thought the people thinking that he was going to get scratched after he broke the record were stupid all along. That was never going to happen. No well, one was ever going to scratch him. Until. They just but didn't like, have a really also, great reason to scratch him beyond this, beyond the, the, the fans' argument, which was a legitimate argument, is the fact that, like, if you're going to say we're, we're trying to institute a winning culture, we're trying to institute a culture of accountability, you can't continue to throw out there a guy who, by the numbers, has a strong case to be considered the worst player in hockey this year. And that's a fair argument. That's always been a fair argument, which is part of the reason why it, it annoyed me when people were ripping the flyers. I, I think another thing that was bothering me about this is like, there was a very clear distinction on social media and also on like just the, the people who were the most critical of the flyers for this move. And I, I'll separate out like, you know, obviously like Kevin Hayes, like it's his best friend. I totally understand why Kevin Hayes is going to be pissed off. If they bench Keith Yandel. Like I, yeah, if, 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 if Keith Yandel was my best friend, I'd be pissed too. And if even if Keith Yandel was just one of my good friends, I'd be pissed. I, I totally get that. That's fair. But the people who were most angry and insulted and horrified by the fact that the Philadelphia Flyers bench Keith Yandel are all people that didn't watch Keith Yandel like more than a couple games this year. And the people that did watch him for all 68 games were kind of like, well, it might not be in the best taste, but like, Let's be honest, he's not good anymore. All, all of the people who were big mad were all of the people who are also no longer good enough to play the game. Let's, let, and let's be real honest here. Charlie said it nicely. Um, maybe didn't watch Keith Yandel play a ton this year. Jeremy Roenick has seen zero Flyers games this year, I guarantee it. Zero. Absolutely 100% guarantee he has not seen him play. He's just putting out a hot take on Twitter, the end. And there's a little funny cross. There's a funny little crossover in terms of people who do watch and don't watch the Flyers, in terms of discourse surrounding the team all year. We'll leave it at that. Um, I, I just. But to, to Kelly's point, to Kelly's point, like the point. timing was shitty. Like if you were going to scratch him. Like, did it have to be that game? Like, it was going to be shitty no matter when they scratched him because it wasn't going to be the thousand-game mark because he's bad. He's bad. But, like, so's the rest of the team. So I, I get 
I get both sides of this. Stephanie, both sides, men. Um, no, I, I get both sides of it too. I just think that like a lot, a, a, a lot of the I discourse to don't. me was just very disingenuous. That, the that, idea. that was my 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 problem was less Keith Yandel and more just I found the discourse surrounding it completely insufferable because you had a lot of people who clearly didn't fully grasp just how poorly Keith Yandel has played this year acting like it was this like affront against hockey that he got scratched and it's like to be totally honest with you the Flyers were incredibly nice to continue to let him play for as long as the, they did because dating back to November they would have been justified on merit scratching like he got an extra like four months out of the streak because the Flyers cared enough about the streak and cared enough about him and liked him enough as a person and, and like talk- could, could, the, could they have let it go for the rest of the year yeah they could have and like maybe that would have been the easy thing to do you know it, it, they, there wouldn't have been any backlash whatever but it's just, it's hard for me to like understand the uproar when objectively speaking he really didn't deserve to be in the lineup anymore cuz there was there's it. nothing good about this season not a goddamn thing and it would have been it, it's just like a nice thing is that thing. good it is horrible good, horrible player plays every night is good i mean he you know like it was nice good guy. jerry mayhew the winter of gerald and then chuck fletcher fucking waved him and now he's gone so let's villainize chuck fletcher for that that's any like the other fraudulent thing about this streak is like he got scratched in the playoffs last year and the playoffs don't count even though we constantly hear really the only thing that matters (laughs) in the playoffs (laughs) like exactly like you know like ask a toronto fan about the regular season and what the fuck they think about that you know oh well who gives a shit like it, like he does, if any, if it was the least bit meaningful, he would not be in the lineup to the point where it was reported after the scratching that had there been any team interested in trading for him, which there wasn't because he's again fucking horrible, he would have sat out to break the streak so that it wouldn't have been an issue for a playoff team. Fascinating. Like, I just, I, the, the discourse. It just drives me up the wall. And it's it's so around anything. It's ever so been good, inconsistent, no. and hypocritical, and nonsensical. And at some point, all you got to do is just laugh, because like the the idea, the idea like part of hockey culture is like holding two completely opposed views in your head and somehow believing both at the same time. Like you're you're saying that like well you got to have a winning culture, but also. You got to keep Keith Yale on the lineup, even though he's terrible, because somehow that leads to a winning culture. Like, what? What is going on? And Charlie, like, that's the. I think the thing that drove me the most insane, and this will be the last thing on this. We can touch on this and move on because honestly, this is it's fucking stupid. But <laughs> the idea that, like, the Flyers this offseason have to bring in some free agents, they have to make some moves, they have to get this high end talent we keep talking about. If they make an offer, a competitive offer in terms of money, if they present playing opportunity for a player, and if they present a winning, you know, a winning picture to this player to the point he wants to come here, he would think about it and then go, ah, fuck, but they sat Keith Yandel, so now I'm going to go somewhere else. Like, that's insane. 
that someone could think this is going to determine whether or not free agents want to come here. Like, if you hold that thought in your head, you're a crazy person. That's fair. Respect. I mean, I don't, you know what? I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, like, it it shouldn't. I just, it really shouldn't. Like, but who the hell knows? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm done trying to predict, like, what some random person in the game is going to decide on that day is an affront to hockey culture. (laughs) Like, because it just, none of it makes actually any sense. Like, it all makes sense at first glance. But if you do any sort of thinking or scratch even a little bit below the surface and do some critical thinking about it, none of it actually holds together. Johnny Gaudreau's never going to come here now. Well, that's so like it it is possible. So like it is possible. It is possible that like one of the players the Flyers are chasing after will ultimately turn down the Flyers because they scratch Keith Yandel. And will that make any sense? No. But like none of this actually makes any sense. I like well let's put it together. I believe all the moves they've made for the last like two years have been in service of eventually signing Johnny Goudreau. John, <laughs> Johnny and Kevin Hayes, great friends. Mm-hmm. Kevin Hayes, Keith Yandel, ah oh, shit, we fucked it up. God mm-hmm. damn it. Keith Yandel's streak should live on. I think they can fix it though. <laughs> I think they can, they fix, can it. fix it. By Time Machine? No. Naming Keith Yandel the head coach, and we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk about coaching candidates on the other side, because <laughs> me and Kelly last week decided we were going to talk about coaching candidates this week. So hang out through this commercial, and we be, we'll be back. Welcome back, fam, and it is time to talk about coaches. Uh, I've said repeatedly now, like on this show, on uh, the post games, Mike Yo, he could be Herb Brooks for all we know. They can't bring him back simply because of the results like they just oh yeah you lose every game you can't bring that guy back regardless of how good a coach he may or may not be uh so it's time to start looking at coaches mostly because i don't care to look at draft prospects yet so i have a list here of guys who could be potential uh, head coaching candidates for the philadelphia flyers where do we want to begin because i want to begin with keith yandel (laughs) i want to start with jim montgomery jimbo that's the one so Jim Jim Montgomery honestly is probably my like semi-realistic preferred choice because number 1 I think that he's a good coach. Yes. Number 2 I think that he's a good coach who could both plausibly coach a good team and also coach a rebuilding team. Like and they're going to be both <laughs> Well like well I just I mean look I I've expressed where I think they're going to end up. But, like, the Flyers are very clearly going to yeah. try and contend. And I think he's a good enough coach that he could, like, if the Flyers did nail this offseason and we're good next year, I think he's a good enough coach that he could coach that good team to be good. But if, if, it, if it all falls apart and they just have to totally pivot and start a full rebuild, I also think he can do that. Like, I think, I think he's capable of that. Whereas, like, let's say, I mean, there's another guy who we're going to bring up. But like, let's say you hire John Tortorella. Like, John Tortorella is not the kind of coach you want coaching a rebuild. Like, nope, that's not. part of the reason why he bailed out of Columbus. Like, because they were going to rebuild, and it was like, hey, I'm not a rebuild coach. And he's not. I mean, he's a win-now coach. Same thing with Claude Julian, who I think is also a very good coach. But, like, you're not going to keep him around for a rebuild. He's a win-now coach. Like, that's what he is. Whereas Montgomery, I think, could do both. And if you're kind of in this weird middle ground where it's like, well, we're going to try to contend, but, like, 
it's going to be tough to fix this team. So there's a good chance we might end up rebuilding anyway, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally. I like him as a potential fit. I also like the story. I mean, obviously he yes. has, you know, he had alcohol problems. It seems like he's cleaned up. I mean, I hope that he's, you know, able to stay cleaned up hopefully. Um, but I mean, that's somebody that I'm, you know, naturally going to root for. Just and he's given, a former Flyers. And he's a former Flyer. He's got, not, he's got the alumni connection. Let, let us not, not forget the most important thing, hiring him, the guy who, you know, named the Legion of Doom. That would be treating the alumni well, as is obviously the most important thing in all what the flyers. What could be more important? No, no, no. Treating the season ticket holders well is the only thing that matters. Well, they're part of the team. The they're they're part they're part of the oh, team. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Forgot alumni. my bad, yeah. my bad. No, uh, yeah, I, love I actually the did forget. Holders. I'm always joking. Oh, joking, totally, one hundred percent. Um, <laughs> I actually forgot that Jim Montgomery was a former Flyers until what? I listened to last week's BSH radio. Oh. Excellent well, show. I mean, he only played, out. what, 13 games with the Flyers, but he, he did He was a win. phantom. Doesn't matter. Yeah, former Flyers. He won a Calder Cup with the Phantoms. He was Phantom's there. Great. He was part of that older leadership group in uh, 98 that won, uh, that won the Calder Cup. So he's been mm-hmm. in and around the organization. Uh, and uh, he had success with the Dallas Stars. His only yes. full season there. They won 43 games. They went to the playoffs. They won a round. Uh, that's that's just, that's what I mean. Out of everyone available, like he's only what mid fifties, early fifties. It's not like Claude Julian or someone who's been around forever. You're not just getting necessarily like the retread coach, even though he has been around before. But I, it's it's an exciting idea because it seems like he's a combination of yeah young younger ish. And also, like, been around former Flyer, et cetera. Like, he's, yeah. he's done both. That's why I kind of like him. One of, one of my friends who's a Dallas Stars fan, she says that he's the best coach that the Stars have had since she's been following the team. I mean, I think he's a good coach. I he mean, I don't know if he— Denver, was... right? Yeah, he was— that Yeah, was I mean, the those team. Denver teams were real good. Yeah. 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 I think they want to— Yeah, defending Big D, loves him. <laughs> like, our, our Dallas Stars brand, love him. Yeah, he did a good job. Uh, he was thought highly thought of there. I believe he won a national title with Denver. So he's uh, he's as good of a candidate as we have, uh, just in terms of, like, not John Tortorella, not Rick Tockett, like, not that guy. Uh, what do we think about, you know, because we all kind of maybe disagree with the direction. We think maybe someone who can help out with a rebuild, maybe a little better. But that's not what they think they're doing. Do we think like Tortorella and Tockett are the front runners? Yes, I think that I think absolutely knowing the way this front office operates, they are one hundred percent the front runners. And that listen, I don't. Sorry, Kelly. I, I was just gonna po- say po- that like Tockett, I Tockett, I I am not convinced is a good NHL coach. Like he might be fine. I have there's nothing to to show me that he's actually good. I'm not convinced he's a bad NHL coach. I just don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not saying I, but like, there's nothing that Rick Tockett has done that makes me go, "Yes, I want him to coach my hockey team to greatness." I think he can do it. Like, I, I know nothing about him as a coach. He's like neutral. I'm Tockett, or I'm I'm very open to Tockett because he was in Arizona with an absolutely nothing team. Yeah, and he did nothing. Nothing. He did nothing there. Well, he did more than other people have. Tortorella. I will me, acknowledge that I think Tortorella could, as he did in Columbus, 
get more out of this roster than the sum of its parts, That's which would obviously be good considering, in the short term. Considering the spot they're in, where, like, if they are going to compete, it's kind of like a two-year window sort of, okay, like, Ellis, Couturier, and Hayes are alive right now. We have to go for it because after that, their contracts fuck us. Like, Tortorella makes sense in that regard, right? Yeah, yeah. No, and that's the thing. Like, Torts, to me, like, if if the Flyers this summer are going to, you know— make win-now trades and, you know, trade a couple prospects and picks and go out and, like, give Kadri a big contract or something. Like, John Tortorella makes sense. Because John Tortorella, I mean, look, he's... He's obviously abrasive, you know the the comments about uh he had the, what the comments about Zegris about yes. like it was like cla- like like that yeah that's not gonna like you know endear him to particularly the online section of the fan base but like objectively speaking he is a good head coach and I do believe that like he would he I think he would get this team playing a style number one that. Is would be liked by a lot of the old school fans, yay, in in you know in this fan base. And number two, I do think he would get this team playing a more structured, controlled style that would win more hockey games. My thing with Torts, and I believe I said this on a show like right after Vino got fired. This is always been my issue with Tortorella getting hired by the Flyers. Is that I, the reason why I don't love the idea is not because I think he's a bad coach, but because I think he's kind of too good of a coach. And he would improve the Flyers enough for the them to never be a bubble team and never bottom out, but he wouldn't be able to improve them enough that they could actually be competitive, and then we're just going to be stuck in this, like, we're the 7-8 seed for the entirety of the 2020s. Yeah. And that's that's why I'm opposed to it because I I actually I think Torts would make this team better, but I don't think he would make this team better enough that they actually could win anything important. And in terms of like you said, uh, he would coach a style that a certain section of the fan base would embrace. We represent a different section of that fan yes. base for the yes. most part as a show. Um, he is exactly the coach. That like fifty percent of Flyers fans would die for, like oh absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, he's an emotional guy. He yeah. has that Laviolette vibe where like when 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 you're mad, he's gonna look mad too. Oh, and that's I mean, how often have we like heard, man? I just want someone who cares as much as me. He looks like he does. Like oh, absolutely. it is, absolutely. it is obvious. There's never a question like, well, maybe he's sent, giving them a different message in practice or in the locker room. Like now, you you know what he's thinking a lot of the time. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and like, you know, I don't know. It, it wouldn't be like I, if they hired Torts, I would understand why they hired Torts. Yeah. It's just that like I don't think it's the right move for this yeah. particular team because I I look at Torts as you're putting a bandaid on a bullet. I just don't. And it would be a darn good band-aid, but I just think they have deeper problems. It's just such like a It's not at all a forward-thinking choice. Like for as bad as Dave Haxtall turned out for this team, that was like a forward-thinking 
choice as far as hiring a head coach goes. And it would be nice for them to try to take the organization forward a bit in a way that they have not been able to do um, pretty much ever. And I, I think that, like, Jim Montgomery isn't even that big of a stretch as far as coaches go. Um, Maddie Campbell has brought up a lot. Um, Nate Lehman from Providence as a guy that Jay she would O'Brien like to would see. love that. Yeah, <laughs> apparently he's real good. Then yeah, there's that that, that guy, oh, yeah, that uh, Swedish guy. Like they'll never yeah, right? hire the Swedish guy. Like that's never gonna happen. Um, but yeah, it's just like Torts is just a stagnant choice for me, and I'm very very tired of this team being stagnant. I, which is why well, they're, de- got, they're definitely going to angle. do it. I know. I was going to say that's why they're definitely going to do it. So, getting getting ready. I just I hesitate with the Flyers being a forward thinking organization because every time they've tried to do something out of the Flyers box, they have fucked it up. Yeah, There's and they have many fucked examples. it up. What was There's that? Not that many examples. Well, I mean, the entire I mean, Hextall Ron Hextall and yeah. Dave Hextall. <laughs> the entire Hextall tenure, the, basically. Yeah, that's they they set the organization back a decade. When they tried to have a plan and and look to the future and do things differently, the whole organization is fucked for the next decade. There's a lot. And I'm not to saying unpack. that they I shouldn't like be planning for the future. I'm just saying they fucked it up. I don't want to get they into it, it but I feel like it's like a it's like too simplistic to just say. Hackstall and Hextall are the whole reason why this organization is fucked and no. never try anything new again because they fucked it up. Like that's I, one, like that's there's so many no other things. saying that I don't believe that they're the sole reason. And I don't think they shouldn't try things because of that. But I bet you the people who run things do think that way. And it's like, <laughs> so it's Bob. it's not it's like we always say, it's not about what we think. It's, a, you know, we all think they should rebuild. They're going to go for it. I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that there are, and this is what I heard months ago, that there are people in the, in the brain trust that would like to hire towards. I wonder who, I wonder which ones. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know, honestly, who I would only be guessing, but. Brain trust is a hilarious way to put it. Right. Fucking Dean Lombardi. Another name that we haven't discussed yet. Is already behind the bench in so John weird? Torchetti. No, Torchetti, and I'll like, who throw... even is that man? He won a cup as an assistant coach in Chicago. God bless. Um, he has replaced Mike Yo either two or three times. I That's can't remember what keeps. Was in that I'm article. sure that keeps working. Obviously, it does. Obviously, keeps working. It does keep working for him. <laughs> yeah, to to be to be the guy that continues to. Replace that Mike might Yo. be He's one that might be the one choice that would piss me off more than Rick Tockett. Actually, <laughs> I actually I liked him when I did my research on him. I liked him. I didn't think that it was the worst case scenario for the team. Now, the way that the team has been playing since he's been here sure as fuck is like, I don't think that anyone that has been associated with the team this year should remain because fucking woof. Uh, but I think that they are sincerely giving him a look. I really would be shocked if they hired Torchetti. I mean, he's he's a big Fletcher guy. Like, he yeah. was the guy who, um, after they fired Yo in Minnesota, Torchetti took over as interim. And um, 
and he coached the team uh, for the rest of that season into the playoffs. And then they hired Boudreaux in the offseason and Torchetti, you know, I think they, they offered him the opportunity to go back to the AHL because he was their AHL coach. That's where they brought him up from, I believe. And then he basically said, no, I'm good. Um, but obviously him and Fletcher still were tight because they brought him back in for this year. So, like, it's not like they burnt bridges. I just don't. So much of this to me, like, and I made this point on on past shows, I just, I don't think, I don't think Comcast is going to be cool with them, like, hiring, like, someone who isn't exciting. Yeah, it needs to be a big splashy, splashy name. Like, Montgomery, honestly, isn't super splashy, but you could sell it. Yeah. Like, Tockett, you can sell. Torts, you can obviously sell. Like, Claude Julian, you can sell. He's won a cup. Like, these are guys you can sell. Like, that, to me, in a lot of ways, is probably what hurts Yo the most. Is that, like, I mean, how do you sell Mike Yo? I don't no, think Mike Yo's a bad coach, but, like, you, you he's can't. He's not Elaine Vigneault. Yeah, like, I mean, you, that's and not going to, like, yeah, like, that's not going to sell anything. And I also think that, like, the big, you know, the the people in the front office, like, Fletcher, honestly, Fletcher, I think, would, would probably not hate the idea of, like, bringing back Yo. Oh, God, Chuck. Torchetti. But, like, but that's, that's Chuck. I mean, Chuck <sighs> likes these guys. Like, he, he trusts someone like Mike Yo, obviously. Um, but I think that, like, you know, the people advising him are more like, hey, if we want to turn this around, we need to make a bigger splash. I need so Chuck that's why to I, I think they're going to make a bigger splash. Delete all of his contacts and then go into his iCloud and delete them there as well because he needs to stop calling people that he used to know in Minnesota. Like, well, speaking Charlie, of switch live in the now. Next time you see him. Speaking of guys <laughs> he knew, speaking of guys Chuck Fletcher knew in Minnesota, the Flyers' current player development coach, Nick Schultz. He's on the bench. He's been in the organization. <laughs> he is a former Flyer. I, I know it's funny. And like Keith Yandel to me, like honestly, I'm all for Keith Yandel as coach. I fucking but love gonna... that you have Keith Yandel no, on this like, list. It's I'm something serious. that is serious. I'm, I'm loving I'm, the other one you have on this list. I'm for it. I'm for Keith Yandel. Like literally, if they hired Keith Yandel as head coach right now, I'd be like, cool. But it's not going to happen. Like Nick Schultz is a coach in this organization on the bench who Chuck Fletcher knows. Like also, he is a candidate. One thing that's like I think really important to mention when you talk about nick schultz is that he's very handsome true oh so handsome he, it's disgusting he should have won an ashby trophy he got robbed of an ashby remember that remember when the beats were pushing him as a potential oh ashby winner yes oh, very God. well Charlie. regrettably i do i do <laughs> in fact remember this <laughs> Uh, but no, like, can we please entertain my ridiculous idea of Keith Yandel yes. for just thirty seconds? But like, Absolutely. that's not even the most ridiculous name you have. On no, this it's list. not. Well, no, it's the they most relate. Ridiculous one does not the next have one. I don't have. I don't have the outline open because I wanted oh, to be wait, surprised. So I have absolutely no idea so who else you have. I'm on gonna. This list. I'm gonna. <laughs> the other one on the list is Andrew McDonald, and the reason both <laughs> oh, of them. I, I could have The reason that. both yes. of them are here is because of the case. Like the way the. Okay, the way they get talked about, let's talk about Kevin Hayes' comments about Keith Yandel following the scratching. If he has so much intangible value, if he means so much to the young players and he's so respected, why isn't he the front runner to be a coach? Listen, after 
the St. Louis thing. In, and the in exact Montreal. same shit got said about I'm Andrew McDonald. 100% here for throwing a former player with absolutely yeah. no coaching experience behind the bench. I'd like they're, it to be a good one. They're never going um, to do it. I don't know. Sometimes so my only players, thought, my only thought about Yandel is, like, he's not a Flyers. Like, he's been here for, like, five seconds and what I've seen of him in five seconds is, no, thank you. I don't want you teaching anybody what you do. Um, I mean, he's also, a puck-moving defenseman. Like the that. thing with Keith Yandel is, like, Keith Yandel, and, and I know, like, all the Flyers fans know of Keith Yandel is this extremely diminished yeah, version of Keith good. Yandel. Keith Yandel was a really he good defenseman. He used to be good. Yeah, like, really good. I, I bet I he's got something Chuck to teach. Fletcher I interviewed Chuck Fletcher to start the season and even mentioned how, I guess it was Ellis and Yandel were at some point top defensemen in the game. Like, I, I said that six months ago. Woof. <laughs> I mean, if Ryan, Al- season, if Ryan Ellis played, I mean, maybe he'd still be and good. And here's the other thing. He exists, just not for picture day, Not apparently. for picture day, apparently. I, I would imagine that Keith Yandel... And also Andrew McDonald know that they're they're bad. Like Keith Yandel knows that he's fucking up every night. He's not stupid. No, he knows what know. good hockey playing is. It's not like Keith Yandel thinks that the current version of Keith Yandel is a top hockey player. Like, that's the thing. I, I, I hate to go back to the Keith Yandel, but like that's the part of the Keith Yandel thing that did bother me a bit. I know I said a bunch of it bothered me, but like I've said it on multiple occasions. Like hockey players aren't dumb. No, like they. I mean, they're you know they might not be like. <laughs> geniuses from like a like i play hockey not school but like they know <laughs> hockey like they they do know when like a guy is fucking up so they all have to know that keith yandel was fucking up mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. and like to continue to be like no we have to keep him in the lineup because reasons like that that is concerning to me well they probably also recognize that it's not keith yandel's fault the team sucks it's their fault yeah, but he's part of the team, know, and he's real bad. Yeah, like, like, he's got the yeah. he's got the worst goals above replacement by evolving hockey's metric in the league by a not insignificant amount. Like, he's probably but at this point it doesn't matter. Probably cost them about at least four or five standing standings points by himself, and I don't think that's hyperbole. And he's a now guy granted who plays they would still be bad him. even you give them those four or five standings points, but like that's a lot. He and like that's four or five standings points. He does not play. Like, he plays at this point 10 minutes a game. It's almost impossible for him to have that kind of an effect on the game. Uh, I will back up to Steph's point about Ryan Ellis. Steph, Ryan Ellis currently tied for the league lead amongst defensemen in points a game. Just saying. Knew it. Him and Roman Yossi. Knew it. Him and Roman Yossi, 1.25. Of course, Yossi's played 67 games and has 84 points. Ryan Ellis has played four games and has five points. But the point still stands. He's at the top of the leaderboard. We say this. We say this often enough, but I will never stop saying it. This season would be so much fucking different if Ryan Ellis didn't get hurt twice. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Like, they still may not be good, but they would be better. They would absolutely be better. They'd be better. They'd also have been without their top two centers for most of the year. Like, they kind of just stink. 
Like that's everything's yeah. bad. We know. But okay, We're okay. So Andrew McDonald was yeah. on the list. That made Andrew me laugh. Andrew McDonald. It's, the other I mean, one that I made knew me laugh he would be on your list. I knew it. The You've other been one. This for so many years. The other one that made me laugh, not because like it's actually a laughable suggestion, but just because the way it's written yes. is Matt Carl's brother. brother. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even <laughs> name him. You the, just say his brother. The opposite. Who is Matt Carl's brother? He coaches coach Denver. Denver. Yeah. He coaches Bobby Brink. Oh. Yeah. And it's just it's so funny. Because it's the opposite of what so many Flyers fans would want. Like they fucking hate Matt Carl. <laughs> we, they don't want. They don't want a college coach again. Like it would just be so goddamn funny if they went that route. I doubt that it's gonna happen, but it would just be funny. Uh, is there anyone else? Anyone else thinks? Uh, could be a potential candidate outside the box. Oh, I mean, candidate? Well, I mean, you have Claude Julian in there. I think Claude Julian yeah. is a very good coach. He's I think just Claude available Julian... retread. Yeah, well, I mean, systems wise, he his teams always drive play. Like he is a That'd good nice. coach in that regard. They always drive play, so I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, granted, I don't get the sense that like he's super high up on their list at the moment, but like I'm 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 never gonna like be super critical if Claude Julian's name pops up because I think he's a good coach. It's gonna be Tortorella, fam. Like just I have pre-write two. the article. I have two <laughs> options. One serious, one less so. Do we think Trotz is out on the island? No. No, they wouldn't be that dumb. No way. I mean, if he's, I didn't think if so, he's out like there, they... yeah, you got to get him. Yeah. Throw, yeah. Throw, throw all the money. It's interesting, at, though. At fire trots. Everything. It's interesting. But I, I, don't, think, I don't think Lou my... is even that crazy to fire Trotz. I mean, this, this clearly has been like a Murphy's Law season for the that Islanders. Or still, they'll still be good. But it would be wild. Oh, and... Just like just maybe keep an eye on there, and, and if you have voodoo dolls, like you know what is you know what's gonna be peak flyers is the flyers are gonna hire John Tortorella, and then two days later Lou's gonna fire Trotz. <laughs> oh no! Just to spite the flyers. <laughs> oh flyers! Oh my god! Uh, anyway, um, and want... then the other one that's yeah. not the one that's not so serious, but also do it. Kimo Timonen. Bring Hello. back Kimo. Hate bring that. him home. My bring my home. my completely outlandish one, which would not I he can't does. imagine it would happen. My outlandish one, Eric Wellwood. Oh fuck! Oh yeah, God! Carl. Yes, do that! Yes. Oh my God! Phantoms great Eric Wellwood. Get me Eric. He's Wellwood. like fourteen years old. Bring him in. Like yeah, like a uh, a real redemption story there. Guy who should have been. Oh my something. god, the fields. Yeah. He's been a great coach in uh where is he coaching in the ECHL? Well he coached he coached Flint and he that organization yeah, he was an utter dumpster Flint. fire wow, and he tropics. turned them into a good team. Yeah. Now he's coaching in the ECHL. But Flint I know, was but where he did a real he good job. Coached Flint, he left hockey for a while. Yeah. He was like, fuck this. Yeah. Well, it was. I mean, it was basically like the uh, the pandemic. I think I I don't know the specifics of why he he decided to kind of bail for a little bit. Um, but I mean that organization is kind of a mess, so I don't know. I think Jackie um, Moon sold the team. Yeah, but uh, mm-hmm. it it legitimately may have just been like they were building something really cool, and then two seasons got destroyed by the pandemic, and it was like, okay, do I really want to rebuild the whole thing again? Jimbo Montgomery and Eric Wellwood, assistant coach. Oh my God! Do it. Let's, do it, Chuck. How do, like, how do we start Imagine the viral thing? Chuck, I know you're listening to this. Imagine if they brought uh, in a bunch of alumni, and it was like, not the guys we think. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not, 
not like Dave Schultz isn't in consideration. It's Jim Dowd. Eric Jim Dowd. Jim Dowd. Jim Dowd. Uh, why not? Adam Hall. Peter White. Did, did, Peter he, White. Still married. To well, I don't know. I don't know. Didn't they um, get divorced? If yeah, they got Peter divorced, White. He's out. Yeah, they they got divorced. I oh, think he's out. He's out then. Okay. Oh, fuck. Yeah, he's done. He was blackballed from hockey after that. <laughs> All right, uh, not a ton of time left. Let's talk about some of the new kids. Noah Cates, Ronnie Ad- Adderd, uh, Hayden Hodgson got a look. I'm going to start with Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett is so close to being real good. Like, I like him. He's fast. He's got a hard shot. He's got good hands. He's constantly making things happen. It's just like, go in the net, puck. Go in the fucking net. Yeah, if he figures out how to score goals, he's going to be real good. It's He's like a like a fast Limblom that first year when it was like, hey, he leads the team in scoring chances and has two goals. Like, <laughs> if he could just, like, figure out a way to put it all together, he could be a tremendous piece for this team. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but, like, he's got a lot of tools. He's got more tools than most of the guys on the roster right now. Yes. Yes. I'm, the I've weird thing. enjoyed watching him so far. The weird thing for me about Owen Tippett is, like, you know, there are some guys. Like, I remember me and Bill had this debate for multiple years about Travis Konechny. It's just like, well, he just can't score in the NHL. And then he could, and now he can again. Um, Or at least not at, like, a, you know, above 10% shooting percentage level. But the thing with Tippett that's weird. He's got the shot. It's not even that. Like, I remember watching him going into the 2017 draft because he was a guy who was supposed to be like available potentially at the range of the 13th overall pick, which is what I thought the Flyers were going to get. So he was one of the guys I was watching a lot of tape of. And like his calling card as a prospect was that he was a goal scorer, that he was a finisher, that he was a shooter and he has a plus shot. And like, he was the best shot in the draft. And like, it's very weird to me that now he's like, that's what he can't do. He can't score at the NHL level. He can't score goals at the NHL level, but he can do other stuff that's fun. And, like, even his underlying numbers so far in Philly have been fine. It's just that he can't score, and he couldn't score most of this year either. So, like, it's just it's, – it's weird to me that something that everyone agreed was one of his biggest strengths as a prospect has yet to manifest in the NHL. It's very odd. It would be like – I mean, obviously, like, apples to apples, but it would be like if, you know, Claude Giroux came up when he was a kid – and, like, suddenly couldn't set up people for goals. Like, his passing ability just, like, didn't translate. It's like, that's weird because yeah. everyone said it was great. Yeah, and it's like it's, – I remember – I was going to – it's not a skill like skating. Like, I feel like being a goal scorer is kind of, like, innate. Like, it's more thinking than, like, mechanical, like skating. And so it's weird that it would just disappear. Like, he forgot how to do it. I remember that draft, too, and the I don't. abusive man that I was dating at the time was very into Owen Tippett as a Flyers. So that's that's the really fun little thing that I have going on in the background. But I remember people really liking him in that draft. Like, it was— I liked him. I, I mean, I knew the out. Flyers weren't going to get him after they got the second overall pick, but I liked him as a prospect. Yeah. A lot of people really liked him, um, and I'm not upset with what he's he's looked like so far. Um, you know, this is a cursed season, so if this is the season that he needs to shoot the puck and none of them go in, great. Next season they will. 
That's what, yeah, I mean, like, I thought for the longest time Konechny wasn't going to be able to score at this level because he, he just, his shot was never going to beat a goalie. And now watching Morgan Frost, like, yeah, that dude's got a muffin. He's never going to score 25 goals unless they're all tippings. Um, Tippett can fucking rip the puck. It mm-hmm. just for some reason doesn't go in. Maybe it will start, like Steph said. Maybe it's just one of those years. But he was drafted in 2017. He's got some time, and he hasn't been able to find the back of the net consistently, so it's weird. Uh, Cates and Adderd, how, how – I mean, Adderd Cates only played what? Cates is fun. I've really I've loved Cates. Cates. Cates looks I've really good. Like Ever Cates. since I saw Cates at the first training camp that I that he was at, I, I've just loved him. Uh, and I should have known at that point that Phil Myers wasn't good because he was just consistently pushing him off the puck, but, you know, hindsight. Um, Noah Cates is fun. I really like yeah, him. Yeah, I like him too. I'm I'm real high on him. And I kind of I was real high on him. The last couple years I kind of like got a little bit less high on him because his numbers went down and I didn't really have as much of a chance to watch him. Like I think the thing with, with, with me with Cates is that I always really would like him at development camp. And that would always remind me every year it's like, oh, I really like this kid. Like he's good. And then when the pandemic hit and, like, pan- the, the development camps became, like, less frequent, like, the one year they didn't even have one, the next year, like, they had it, but it was shorter. Like, I, think, I don't even think he was at the last one because I think it was too close to the college season, if I remember correctly. Like, it just – Yeah, that sounds right. All I was really looking at was, like, the numbers, and, like, once in a while, if I had a free night, I would try to catch a Minnesota Duluth game. And I just kind of, like, was able to sort of, like – not that he fell off my radar because I the scouts I still I talked to would still say like no this kid's good it's just because Minnesota Duluth like they play such a defensively oriented style that like that's why his numbers are down he's still good but you you start being skeptical because like as a prospect the one thing I always hate with prospects is when they don't to have an upward trajectory like he was basically point per game I believe in like his sophomore year I think it was like thirty one points in thirty three games and then his junior to senior year he was like eighteen and thirty and like like. 21 and 28 and you're like uh you know you want to see a guy progress you want to see him score more and he's come up and he looks to me reminds me a lot of Limblom in that like he's does all these little things right but he's also faster than Limblom which is cool I I mean he's a guy I mean I'm mentally penciling him in in the bottom six for next year yeah, he like, looks, I think um, he's I think he's NHL ready. I think he's NHL quality and like he's he's a fourth liner, maybe a third liner on next year's team in my mind. That's Keith Jones compared him on the broadcast the other night to RJ Umberger. You know, Umberger had a few big scoring seasons. Uh, uh side note real quick. What's he up to? Does he want to coach? <laughs> maybe he can coach. Side note real quick, did nobody else just call him Scumburger? Like is that just something I called him? I, I definitely say it. did not call him Scumburger. I say it now, and people think I'm like talking shit, and I'm Scumburger. no, like I think like it's a term of endearment. Like he got yeah, greasy. you're coming from it was you're, you're you're coming from like the like punk rock ska world where it's like, like scum is like a good thing. He's like he gets greasy, like, man. He's, he's scummy, you know. Work. He's greasy. Yeah, but, like, yeah. Kate's gets in on the forecheck. I like what I see out of his speed and everything. So him on a fourth line, absolutely, uh, something I'd like to see there. Real quick, Kevin Hayes. Uh, since he came back, his first game back in about, it took like two months, was uh, March 5th. 
He has since played 16 games. He has 16 points, 5 goals, and 11 assists. Um, this bodes well, if nothing else. Like My biggest fear was he was just going to get hurt again, and then we'd be behind the eight ball next year. And shit, man, there's still 12 games left, and you know anything can go wrong at any point. But he seems so much better. Like He yeah. looked like a guy playing hurt before, and now he looks like a hockey player again. Yeah, he looks. It's just much so better. nice to remember that I love this guy. Yeah, like it's so nice to remember Kevin Hayes is good and he's fun and he does make the team better. It's just so nice to have that back again. And while they do need top end talent, like he's gonna be a part of this thing, and they badly need him to be good. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's unlikely they get a second line center to play for less than seven million he's making like he's your 2c so it's it's pretty great that he's back there's there's a lot of things over the last two calendar years that i have grown to absolutely fucking hate Uh about the philadelphia flyers fan base and one of the things at the top of the list is how so much of them are like what have you done for me lately Like, Uh so many people just decided to completely disregard the fact that Kevin Hayes, the last time he was healthy, everybody loved him. And over the last two years, when he's very clearly been playing hurt, and also this season was, like, dealing with a serious family trauma, like, that might be a reason why he's not playing as well. And instead, you just got to hear people screaming about, like, this guy fucking sucks, what a terrible contract, he's pathetic, he's a joke, like... Like, literally, 2019 was not that long ago, and you all loved him. And now you're acting like he's, like, an affront to hockey. Like, he's still good when he's healthy, and he's healthy now, and shock of all shocks, he's good again. Amazing. They have very small brains, Charles. Wow. Can't hold a lot like, can, can we Can we just take a step back and have some perspective for once? Ever? No. No. Not those people, Charlie. No. Like, are we act- we're acting like Sean Couturier is bad now. Oh, I, like, we're back to that. Because he's got hurt. That's my favorite thing. And now he's bad we're again. We're back to yeah, that. Like, For no other reason oh, than that he got that's hurt. that's something that's uh, really it's, been it's pissing one of these things, all season. It's one of the things that Steph talks about. Like, I can't get mad about things that haven't happened yet because there's plenty to be mad about right now. Sean Couturier's yeah. contract might be shit because his back is hurt and, like, I'm worried about it. But, like, I'm not going to retroactively say... That contract is bad when, one, yeah, like the tail end of it's going to be bad because any contract you give a veteran is going to be bad at the end. Absolutely. But, like, I'm not going to say it's bad until he's not healthy ever again. And even then, like, the decision, like, he got less than G got, and he's your 1C. So, like, it's not prohibitive. It's not something that's going to stop. He's not making 10. He's making 7. We call this growth. We call this growth because five years ago, you were real mad about Claude Giroux and Claude Giroux's con- contract, but now he was hurt. I thought he was breaking down. He was simply playing hurt. But I'm just saying, and he got this over. is growth. We're not getting mad about Sean Couturier until he is actually declining. I mean, I'll be mad when he's not ready to go at the start of the season. But right now, that's fine. I'm fine. We're not. And, we're and just not mad now. There's enough to be mad about now that we're not mad about Sean Couturier right now. And to be clear. There is a distinction between, like, talking about Kevin Hayes and Sean Couturier in particular. If you were someone who looked at Kevin Hayes the last couple years and was like, 
I'm worried about Kevin Hayes because they're paying him $7.1 million a year for quite a few more years. He can't seem to get over this 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 core muscle issue, and he may never be the same guy, and that's a scary contract. That That is fine. That is a reasonable way to look at the situation. And it's the same thing with Sean Gattari, where, like, if you're like, you know what, that suddenly is a scary contract because if his just he's just not as effective as he as he was before pre back injury, then suddenly he's a you know four million dollar a year value player and you're paying him seven million dollars through his thirties. Like yeah, those are reasonable concerns, and we can have a reasonable conversation about you know those reasonable concerns. But when people are just like turning guys like Kevin Hayes into a punching bag because he's playing clearly injured and it's like this guy is terrible, he sucks. I hate watching him play. Like, you know what? He probably hated playing too considering the fact that he knew he was playing at like 60% of himself. He couldn't move. And like and yeah. and, and with with Couturier, it's like did you forget that he won the Selkie like 2 years ago? Like, he's a really good player. Is it possible that he won't be the same after this back injury? Yes, it is possible. And if that happens, that will really stink, and we will deal with it when it happens. I will say— But at this point, you have to assume that Sean Couturier is still a really good player because he's been a really good player for, like, the last six years. I will say I'm more concerned about Coots simply because, like, the way he plays and the way he's built, like— Kevin Hayes is a bigger dude. Sean Couturier is tall, and he's strong and positionally good, but he's still skinny. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, And he has to play. It's not like he rocks people like Ristolainen, but he plays a very physical game in other ways. I'm more concerned about him than Hayes, that's all. But, like, you know, there's plenty to be and, concerned. And these are, yeah. as I said, these are reasonable conversations that can be had. I get annoyed when, like, people are just like, Oh, a criteria contract's fucking terrible now. It's like, no, we don't know. And it, it, it does Yes, there, there is more of a concern, but, like, let's not look at that contract and be like, it's definitely bad. Let's not look at Kevin Hayes and be like, he just sucks now. Like, there's a lot more going on than your random Twitter rants. How about Claude Giroux, fam? Uh, Florida. Oh, God. Love of how, my life. That game fucking, last night was fucking amazing. How much fun is Florida, like— God they damn, are fun. They are insane. I uh, totally get why he looked at that team and was like, "Yeah, it, I want to go there." I am a little concerned. Like, I guess, like you win, you win. But like, I just thought a team that's like centered around Barkov wouldn't be giving up six goals so regular. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't matter if you can score seven. It doesn't. It's just a little surprising. Uh, Giroud's been great. I think he's got nine points in eight games. Uh, Had his first goal last night. I know me and Charlie have had a dude hitting us up trying to say that he's not doing anything for Florida. And it's like, well, he's over a point a game, actually, so... Oh yeah. wait, did some has someone been saying Go that? It's probably Florida someone thing. I muted. It's someone I have muted, and then it's someone, probably someone I muted. It's someone I have muted, and then I saw someone else reply to them, so I had to see what the fuck. Oh, that's was going the worst. On. Yeah, is the worst when that someone you have worst. muted when or blocked. When you have someone muted and people just keep replying, so you only see one yeah. side of the conversation. It's like I don't, I don't want to see this person. I made see it. Yeah, like I made the decision. I don't want to see this person's bullshit anymore. I don't need to be reminded that this person existed by someone else and i understand they're just trying to be like you know probably they're trying to like defend me or just like attack some utterly ridiculous take because that's the reason why i muted the person in the first place but it does stink when like people pop back up into your into your mentions that you muted or blocked because someone is replying to them because they replied to you and you just didn't see it because they were muted or blocked 
right. And finally, Twitter. finally, why the fuck are the Devils still so bad? Like, shouldn't it's, they be better? Goaltending's real bad this year. They, like, real, real bad. I, they're I, actually, they're actually better. Yeah. Like, structurally, they're better. Um, I think their underlying numbers are pretty decent. And Jack Hughes took a big step forward before he like just recently got shut down for the season. Their goaltending has been horrific. They're actually like they're 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 a team next year that like I mean I think they're in a much better let me put it this way I think they're in a much better spot than the Flyers are because they actually have good, young high end good talent. young players and a number yeah. one yeah. yeah yeah it brings so, me like, joy that their goaltending is so bad it's, but it, it, their goaltending is real bad it brings me Kenzie joy. Blackwood does not look like he's the answer folks don't it think he's better than Carter Hart everybody <laughs> it brings me joy except for the fact that they're still a point below the Flyers and it's, like every time at, I look at the standings I'm. It's they, just shocked by how many go, teams are below the Flyers. It's unfucking believable. The Flyers it's never remarkable. win. They never ever win, and somehow like there's four teams below them right now. It's just like nuts wow. to me that Jersey. Like when you look at the goal differentials, minus eighty seven, minus seventy seven, minus sixty, minus sixty nine, and that's the nice. Flyers. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then you look at the Devils, minus forty seven. Like bad, horrible. But, like, nowhere near as bad as all these other teams that have the same record as them. It just pisses me off that they can't and they'll probably win be the a little better. Yeah, uh, that's, and that's what bothers me is they're going to yeah. end up winning the lottery and have Dougie Hamilton and, like, uh, you know, Shane Wright, and we're going to end up with the seventh pick. All right. Uh, Yay. <laughs> speaking of getting mad, getting mad about things that haven't happened yet. All right. <laughs> Do we have Listen, anything else? Just get mad. So. Who cares? Oh, boy. All right, and that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button, search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. Yeah, uh, there's there's post games. There's all sorts of shit going on. Somehow we're still pushing out things to talk about. We just did an hour 10 on a team that wins once a month. Uh, it, it's uh, We're working over here, so uh, give, us, uh, give us a five-star review. Yeah, say nice words about us. It's always appreciated. All right, that's it for me. Please, we need it. My name is Bill Matz. For Charlie, for Kelly, for Steph. Have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports?